everybody and welcome to uh, a broadcast of the, the breakdowns live weekly Alberta politics roundup we're using our brand new platform uh, for the very very first time so I'm gonna ask if you're if you're watching this or if you're listening to this or, or anything like that please be gentle with us because learning is fun um, we got a whole lot to talk about tonight and we're going to be going to our town hall in just a little bit where we're going to get everybody to share their thoughts about the things and the stuff but as always we're going to run down some of the biggest stories of the last few days and there has been a whole lot that is definitely very much worth talking about one of the biggest stories of course has to be the fact that adriana lagrange made some major changes to regulations around uh schools and what school boards can do in order to protect kids you might remember a little while ago that there was a lawsuit that was launched in order to try to make sure that kids had masking uh available to them and there were some people who had some questions about why it was that that school boards weren't instituting masks um that one of the results of that lawsuit was the judge actually came out and said quite clearly hey you know what i know that adrienne lagrange said that people uh school boards weren't allowed to have mask mandates in schools but she didn't actually have the power to do that under existing regulation if she wanted to do that then she would have had to do things very very differently she would have to change the regulations. Well, to this week, Adriana Lagrange did just that. She changed the regulations to give herself the power to ensure that uh, there would be no room for school boards to initiate any kind of mask mandates or to move kids who weren't using masks to online learning. So the new regulations say that masking can only come from the, the health authority, the chief medical officer of health. But they also have said that uh, kids have to be guaranteed access to in-person online learning. And there's some questions that exist around that. One of the biggest questions that has come up has to do with, well, what about when the masks aren't for COVID? We were sent a message from a teacher who raised the actual question. They work for uh, the, the section of education that deals with trades, in effect. And they said, hey, you know what? We are doing a lot of industrial work. We're doing uh, car work. We're doing uh, all kinds of work that has to do with paints. There's a lot of environments that students operate in that requires them to use PPE. Well, now... The Minister of Education for the province of Alberta has said, hey, you know what? Even if the the rules say you have to use PPE, we can't. Nothing can be more important than freedom of choice. There's just nothing more important than that. And that leaves a lot of teachers asking, OK, well, if if that's the road that we're going down, if that's what's happening, then how do we deal with things like OSHA requirements? Because there are occupational requirements, occupational health and safety requirements that are very, very clear 
that if you're working with certain substances, if you're doing certain types of work, then you're absolutely required to have certain types of PPE. And you'll see in a lot of industrial settings, even prior to COVID and certainly after COVID, a lot of people who work in those industries follow those, I don't know, legal guidelines that they have to by law. Um, but if students are in school, how does that, that balance over? And that's not a question that has been answered at all. And so that's one of the things that teachers are asking about. Uh, one of the other big stories that came up this week had to do with trailers being set up at the Children's Hospital in Calgary. Now, there's been lots of media reports that talk about the fact that the, the numbers for respiratory illnesses, whether we're talking about COVID, whether we're talking about RSV, whether we're talking about rather regular influenza, whether we're talking about any of those things, the numbers for all of those things are way, way up. And we've seen reports about wait times at the Children's Hospital working up close to 20 hours. There's been 14 hours. There's been 17 hours. The wait times are really, really long time. There's also been lots of reports about lineups literally going out the door with parents doing everything that they can to try to get the kids the care that they need and the attention that they need. But unfortunately, there's just not enough space. So one of the things that's happened, and this has been confirmed by Alberta Health Services through their Twitter account, one of the things that's happened is they've set up this trailer outside of the emergency room in order to try to, uh, let's say, make more space for parents who are waiting uh, for their kids to be seen inside of the hospital, for their kids to be uh, seen by a physician, for their kids to get treatment, all of that kind of stuff. We're now at the point where we're having to put trailers outside of hospitals and still the provincial government is doing nothing except for saying, well, you can do what you want. And that's really about it. But that's not the only problem. One of the other things that's happened is there are emergency measures that are being considered because of the trouble that healthcare is having with staffing, particularly at the Alberta Children's Hospital. One of the things that AHS is potentially looking at reportedly is things like mandatory overtime or canceling vacations. And it's important to realize that this comes after healthcare workers have already been dealing with really challenging working conditions for the last, we're coming up to three years now, because of the pandemic. And now, because we're just letting all of this stuff run unchecked, we're now not even asking the, the language in the, the news story that we just had up there wasn't asking. We're now telling healthcare workers, hey, you know what? You're going to do it. I guess you're going to deal with it. Now, one of the things that uh, Daniel Smith has talked quite a bit about is how excited she is to attract all kinds of new healthcare workers to the province of Alberta to deal with the staffing problem. But that's a really challenging sales pitch, it would seem, to say, hey, you know what? You should come to Alberta. We've got lots of jobs. And if you come, maybe your vacation will get canceled. Also, we might make you work overtime. But that's cool, right? It's not a great selling point couple other stories that happened in the week that we want to make sure that we touch on as well. Um, there's been some controversy around the, the Danny Bucks that have been announced. 
So there's been a couple of economists that have stepped forward and have said, hey, you know what? These these Danny bucks of yours, this this two hundred dollars or six hundred dollars over six months for for kids um, and for people who are are on age and for seniors and people who get income supports um, for those people. it will help to kind of stop the bleeding in the short term, but it's not going to do anything for inflation because at the end of the day, the same argument that Danielle Smith and many members of the UCP launched against CERB back in the days of COVID is you're just going to be introducing more money into the economy and that is only going to serve to continue to drive up inflation. And given that this whole thing is to address inflation and cost of living, there's some economists that are saying maybe this isn't the greatest idea. Maybe this is this is just a, a stopgap measure. And I want to be very, very clear. There's a lot of people for whom this will be an important uh, aid. But there's a couple of questions that still very much need to be answered. All indications seem to be that this aid is going to come after January. So for a lot of people... One of the most stressful times of the year is the silly season. And especially given the fact that we're talking about families who have kids, there's the pressure of making sure that your kids get a good holiday season, whether it's Christmas or whatever you celebrate or observe. There is that that pressure to make sure that the holiday season is for your kids. But the Danny Bucks aren't going to be coming until after Christmas, by all accounts. Now, one of the other questions that comes up, and I want to throw this out here to our, our Twitter spaces folks nice and early, because if there's anyone who can answer this question, it would be delightful. I don't know the answer. We've had a couple of people ask us this, um, but it raises the very important question that one of the groups that was identified in the announcement as getting these supports were P- the, the PDD program or people with uh, developmental disabilities. And that has created a lot of questions inside of that community because PDD isn't a program in and of itself that gives income supports. It gives strategies. It helps people with disabilities come up with plans so that they can uh, live the most uh, active and, and contributing to side to society life, rewarding life possible, but it doesn't give explicit income supports. And so that creates a question of, was that a typo? Will it actually, like, are they going to be giving that money to people on PDD or will they not? If there's anybody who's listening tonight, uh, please throw it in the comments or raise your hand once we get to the, the, the town hall part, because there's a lot of people who are asking that question. And if you're listening to this on the podcast version uh, and you have the answer, please feel free to send us a, an email at uh, info at the breakdown, ab.ca, because like I said, we've been getting a few, even if we know where to direct people to get the answer, that would be, that would be super, super helpful. But there was some, some levity still in the week with everything that's been going on. And uh, we're going to do, we're going to do the funny thing. And then we're going to do the, the very, very dark, horrifying thing so the funny thing is there's a new candidate that's been announced for livingston mcleod livingston mcleod has been a somewhat controversial uh area because the mla who's in that area has said you know what uh i'm not gonna run again so long thanks for all the fish uh he just doesn't have any interest in being part of the presumably I'm not speaking for him, obviously, but presumably he doesn't have an interest in being part of the ongoing clown show that is the the UCP. But he said he's not running again. Now, there was somebody else who said they wanted to run there. She became the premier of Alberta and needed a spot that was open. So instead, she got Michaela Frey to step down 
And she ran in Brooks Medicine Hat and won. She said, well, she said two things. Uh, at times she said, hey, you know what? If you're going to run uh, in an area, you absolutely should live there. And that's why I want to run in, in, in Livingston McLeod up until Brooks Medicine Hat opened up. And then, no, no, it's all rural. It's pretty much the same. One of the other people who wanted to run there was a particularly problematic candidate who had uh, run for the PPC in the last federal election. And she had some issues with temper and maybe some hate speech, kind of, maybe. I'm not a judge, can't say for sure, but it definitely seemed hate speechy to a lot of people. She was actually disqualified by the UCP. And that came as a lot of surprise to a lot of people because she was part of the, the Take Back Alberta slate. She posted a picture where she was hanging out with Danielle Smith in the Take Back Alberta hospitality suite at the UCP AGM. Um, and then she got disqualified. Well, there's a new candidate who stepped up. And that person is Don Whalen. Now, Don has had People talk about bumpy starts to things. Don's had a pretty bumpy start to thing because his website was uh, a little bit challenging. This is the best <laughs> screenshot that we could get of his. Um, it's not even a question of whether or not it's it's mobile friendly. It's it's actively mobile unfriendly. Um, the the picture that you're seeing on the screen here, if you're watching on any of the the video streaming, is actually an amalgam of five different screenshots that we had to take uh, from a full-sized iPad Pro, I might add, uh, in order to get the whole thing in, in one spot. Um, we can't even make it really legible on a, on a computer. Uh, so, bumpy start. But where things got really interesting was Don had a section in his, uh, in his website, in his bio, where he was talking about uh, that he is uh, going to speak up and his goal is to represent all residents of the riding and be their voice in parliament. I'm just going to let that one hang for a second because it's, it's just, it's just so tasty. Uh, yeah. The guy who's running to be the MLA and and represent people in the Alberta legislature put on his website that he launched with his nomination announcement that he was excited to represent people in parliament. Now it's also been brought to our attention. We've received a few DMS. We don't know the, the accuracy of these DMS at all. There's a couple of, a uh, couple of pictures of some, some work that's happened with people who uh, uh, work quite closely with another, I don't know if it's a pack or if it's a third-party advertiser, or like a what it is, we have so many of these uh, these very very strange organizations popping up in Alberta all the time. But you've probably heard us mention the name Take Back Alberta. There's quite a few people who are at least under the impression that uh, Mr. Whalen is in fact um, uh, part of the the Take Back Alberta. I don't know second attempt because the first attempt got all Nazi-ish. Uh, so that's. That's, that's our fun story. Our, our disappointing, I don't know, disappointing is the right word, our unsurprising uh, how quickly it took us to get to the very bottom of the barrel. On Wednesday last week, Danielle Smith stood up in front of the province. She bought some airtime. 
bought some, well, I don't know if she bought some internet time, but she definitely bought some airtime because she was on Global and CTV. And she did a roughly 10 minute address where she talked to people about, hey, everybody, here's the things and the stuff. Here's what we're going to work on. We're going to introduce all of these supports to, to make people's lives better. We're going to give you the, the, the $600 per kid or if you're a senior or if you're on age, we're going to give you that money. We're going to re-index ACE in, in January. We're going to do all of these wonderful things. But wait, there's more. We're also going to fix healthcare. And I'm really not paraphrasing that slide all that much because it was really just fix healthcare. Um, so apparently she's going to fix healthcare. Uh, she did hot fire the EHS board. She did uh, put in her own commissioner. Um, the, the metrics were things will be better. So not super empirical, but what are you going to do? Um, and uh, she also spoke about the Sovereignty Act. She ended by saying, hey, you know what, guys? Everybody said, said some things in the past. Everybody said some dumb stuff. Um, you know, I was, a, I was a talk show host and it was my job to try to get people's attention. I talked about controversial issues. That's not my job anymore. I'm the premier of Alberta. I'm a serious premier. I'm, uh, I'm not messing around. And then yesterday on her radio program, your province, your premier, she had this to say. Have you seen the uh, video that's on Rumble? Uh, suddenly died 2022 documentary. You had a chance to watch that at all? I'm not. No. What, 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 what did you take away from it? Well, basically, what it's saying is that the the side effects of the vaccination shot are going to really overwhelm our our medical system in the future. So we should be looking at something along that line. Because the data is coming out now from insurance companies, military, uh, Germany. Uh, Sweden, all these other countries are releasing their data, but and it's it's not looking good for the long term for uh, yeah. for the hospital. Thanks system. for that, John. I, I think we all know. I mean, anytime that you, there's a medical intervention, I think we all have seen the pharmaceutical ads where they tell you the benefit, but then tell you the potential side effects. And so I I think we need to get a good handle on that. The government did set up a vaccine injury compensation fund, so I think they had anticipated that there would be some adverse reactions. I don't have a, a good handle on how much vaccine injury there has been in our province. I do know that those who had COVID and have long COVID symptoms, that it, it's, it's quite similar. My, my view is we've got to focus on finding effective treatments, but I think you're quite right. So a lot to unpack there. First of all, one of the things that she said in that clip, and if the audio was a little bit distorted, like I said, it's first first show on the new platform, so we're ironing some kinks out. But uh, one of the things she said in that clip was, well, you know, the government set up that vaccine injury fund, so the implication is, that she seems to be making is, oh, they totally knew this was going to happen. And it's true, with any vaccine, with any medical treatment, there's a very, very, very small statistical probability of somebody experiencing some sort of negative effect. There have been no recorded cases of any confirmed deaths from the vaccine in Canada. Last time I looked at the, the, the vaccine injury website, that was a couple of weeks ago, maybe one or two might have been added. But when you consider the literally millions of doses that have been administered, that's an incredibly small number. The other thing that she seemed to lean into was the idea that, well, you know, I keep hearing all these stories of vaccine injury and boy, they sure sound a lot like that long COVID I've been hearing so much about. 
which is, again, yet another example where she had an excellent opportunity to say, hey, you know what? Um, I don't know anything about this. Maybe we maybe I'm just not going to talk about it today. But Danielle Smith always has to be the expert in all of the things. So she had to weigh in. But perhaps what was most disappointing about the whole thing is that documentary that that gentleman was referring to the, the died suddenly. I believe it's called or suddenly died. You could really flip it back and forth. Doesn't matter. But the documentary that he was referring to has been completely debunked. There are no shortages of examples in the film where they just straight up made shit up. They presented videos of basketball players who collapsed even though they collapsed before vaccines were even available. They presented videos of people that they said died. Those people didn't die. It's a fear-inducing piece of... I don't even know if you can call it film garbage. It might be a, a might be a better term that is almost completely inaccurate. And it uses false information to make people unnecessarily afraid. And if Daniel Smith had any strength of conviction, any strength of character in regards to the importance of vaccines, if she really had gotten all over all of her crazy rhetoric, like she said she had before, if she had dealt with all of that and she was moving forward as a serious premier for the province of Alberta, it should have been very easy for her to say, hey, you know what? The science of vaccines is actually really clear. They do make a big difference. They have a massive impact in people who experience the severity of the disease. By the way, there's an influenza outbreak going on. You should probably go get your flu shot. But that's not what she said. She validated this guy. She validated his concerns. She validated his fears. She said she would look into it. And she said that he was right. Now, this is all really quite ridiculous. Uh, and largely, to most people, I'm sure, unsurprising. Um, but it's something that we need to do a better job of talking about. Because one of the realities is Daniel Smith is incredibly persuasive to the right audience she knows how to say just enough that the people who want to hear oh daniel smith's going to watch that documentary and she's going to totally be on our side and everything's she's going to fight the vaccine wars with us because protein spikes or something i don't even know anymore um the people who want to hear that can hear that but the people who want to hear well she's not Maybe, you know, she kind of she, she didn't want to, like, be mean to the guy, you know, but she didn't say, hey, I'm 100 percent on board with you. She just said that he was right. She presents her information in such a way that it is open to the interpretation of the widest audience possible. This is one of the things that made Donald Trump so effective. Donald Trump was very, very good at saying one thing, countering it immediately so that the people who wanted to hear what they wanted to hear were able to hear it. Daniel Smith is using that exact same strategy and it works on a lot of people because as we've talked about on the show before, there are a lot of people who are very, very tired and there are a lot of people who are very, very afraid. And Daniel Smith is absolutely, to my eyes at least, taking advantage of that in order to advance her own power. It's impossible to tell what Daniel Smith actually believes because we saw her pay big money for a TV spot where she said, 
hey guys, we're going to be serious from now on. I'm going to be the serious premier that you, you, you need and you deserve. And three days later, she launched into bullshit anti-vaccine rhetoric that implies that hundreds or thousands or millions in the military in Europe have all of these secret figures. It, it really is worth, if you want to know where things are at with the province of Alberta right now, it really is worth going back and listening to last week's episode or yesterday's, I guess, episode of your province, your premier, because not only was that included on the show, there was a conversation about a secret nuclear reactor that was set up outside of Calgary allegedly, and then torn down by the Notley government because clean energy or something like it's, it's the conversations that are happening on this radio show are really quite stunning. And one of the most stunning pieces is these conversations are being allowed to happen. They're being broadcast on a platform that the premier of Alberta by her position is validating, which should be deeply concerning to just about everybody. But I'm just a white guy on a podcast, so I'm going to bring in a couple of people who are going to hopefully help make a little bit of sense of things. We are very excited to be joined on video for the first time as I'm blocking out my own face. There we go. Much better now. <laughs> very excited to be joined by Sarah Biggs, Deirdre Mitchell McLean, women, because I can't say ladies. I haven't found a new word yet, and women just sounds clunky. Gals. <laughs> Gals. Is gals okay? Can I do gals? Is that a little 250s? We still use dude. Okay, cool. There we go. Just let me let me know what it is because I'm I keep tripping over myself on this introduction every bloody week. How's it going tonight? Good. It's going. I'm tripping. No, I'm the perfect example that four doses of vaccines work. You're you're sounding a lot better. I turned the corner in like three days. So for anybody who's just catching the catching up to the the show now, you you've only just heard about it for the first time because we are apparently streaming on the Facebook uh, and uh -oh. the the YouTubes and the the Twitters. Fingers crossed. I I, I can't see it because I'm doing this, but um, that's what I'm told. Uh, Sarah just finished beating down a, a nasty little little case of COVID, but she did it in impressively yeah. fast time. Yeah, I was happy. I tested negative on Thursday. There we go. So, heading to Edmonton tomorrow, throwing speech on Tuesday. Well, we're going to get to that in a sec, but before we do, there's a couple of things that I just want to touch on um, yeah. because I... There was there's one other little story that made me a little angry this week, um, and it involved uh, it involves my good friend Sarah Biggs, um, <laughs> Theo. You're wrong, man. You're wrong. And you know what else? I think you might be a coward. I'm not sure, but when you deliberately use your platform to target someone. And I saw some of the messages that Sarah got. Theo, it's not a good look. It's not good. It's a good thing I worked on a UCP campaign because my, my skin toughened up a little bit. Um, um, it's nasty. It, 
<laughs> I, I, I would like to thank my psychiatrist for <laughs> such a good dose of anti-anxiety medicine and antidepressants. But it is nasty for someone who cannot or does not know how to deal with this. It's insane. Like, it's really, like, I got, like, words like, cunt, bitch. Uh, I got a few <laughs> freaking flyer, flyers on my work email. And my business uh, partner and I decided, we made a decision, like, a few months ago to remove my cell phone number from our website. Thank God. Because <laughs> there's a lot of yahoos sitting on their couch on Friday night that on Friday night or Friday afternoon when I was live, you know, they were all watching CBC, but CBC's the devil. And yeah, Theo, we know you watch it, CBC now, so you're not fooling anyone. Yeah, but watch CBC, and they did a little goo goo with my name, and then they found me, and then they took the time to type in my email address and send me, you know, some sentences that you can barely, yeah. <laughs> See, here's the thing, and here's here's the main message that that I want to get out, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Deirdre my joke that I, I told you earlier this week because I'm still so very proud of it. Um, you know, it's okay to disagree with people. It's okay to hold different positions from people, but when your reaction, when your when your impulse to these things is, you know what? I'm just going to find the most offensive thing that I can think of. I'm going to take the time to send that to someone, and I'm a real hero now. Not only are you not the hero you think you are, but you're even more wrong. Yeah, but you know what makes me feel special, though? It's that, you know, Theo tuned in for the first time on CBC for in two years just to listen to me. Just for you. you, that got, was you Theo. I Thank think they call that a so draw. <laughs> Thank you so much, Theo. I really appreciate it. Am I frozen? Nope, you're still going. So, oh, weird, because so, I'm frozen on my screen. No, Deirdre, what do you what do you call oh. it when a uh, when an ex Calgary Flame and uh, an ex Olympic figure skater get up to start a, a a a freedom fighting? Some people say it's a grift. I have no idea. It's a fire sale. <laughs> i've been saving that one up for like three days i, I told sarah because we were talking about everything that happened and i was like you know what that one's going on the show i don't even care it's gonna be the dad joke i'm fine with that that one's going on the show <laughs> it was you know be better my my mother was concerned for my kids like, yeah okay. and see that's that's it was not a popular subject let's be honest <laughs> national television but at the end of the day, guys, it is what it is. You need to get out of your bubble. Like, really, we need to wake up here. There's no conspiracies. There's no, you know, Trudeau did extremely well on Friday. Um, the lawyer from the Freedom, Conv Freedom not Freedom, Convoy, uh, was asking him if he was missing her yet today because she tried to do a big drop, but it was more of a sad trombone. I don't know, man. Just be better. Let's, you know, move on. Well, the kicker to me is like you were on the show here on Wednesday and you were like, hey, you know what? Daniel Smith crushed that speech. We're going to get to that in a second. <laughs> but you're like, Daniel Smith crushed that speech. Deirdre was like, Daniel Smith crushed. Even I was like, you know what? She did well. Um, but two days later, you're like, and you know what? The other, the other guy did good, too. And 
that oh, yeah. that all of a sudden you're a you're a, a I'm not going to use any of those. No, I don't I don't use those words. One day I'm a conservative, the other day I'm a communist. So you know. Well, you got options, I guess, is the the silver side. But let's start with, uh, and I'll go to you first, Deirdre. The the clip that we we played where we heard Daniel Smith, uh, and I just did a big long rant about it because I'm really angry about it. But uh, the clip that we played, we're talking three day, three days after Daniel Smith got up on provincial television uh, and the world on the interwebs and said, "Hey guys." I'm done with all of the crazy. I'm serious now. She comes out with, I'm going to entertain these conversations, validate them. And, and yeah, the feds, they, they knew about the vaccine problems because they set up that injury fund. Deirdre, what do you make of all this? <laughs> so we had a good laugh, uh, you know, pre-recording because I saw that clip and I thought, oh, like Nate must have found a, an old, an old call-in from the Daniel Smith show. And he's like, no, that was yesterday. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, okay. It's <laughs> um, so, not great. I mean, it's not, it's not. Uh, but one of the things, one of the, one of the biggest um, uh, strengths that Daniel Smith has is her ability to, make someone feel like they are listened to, heard, and, you know, in some ways validated just by the fact that she's listening to them. I, I actually, when I, I listened to it again, <laughs> you said, yeah, no, this was yesterday. Um, I listened to it again and I thought, you know, she really does do that well, where she's like, no, I didn't. What did you get from it? Tell me about it kind of thing. And, you know, yes, she she gets into trouble when it comes to the analysis portion, which is well the federal government set up this this program. Yeah, well it wasn't just for COVID vaccines. It was hey, you know what? Um, like vaccines are not one hundred percent safe. There are risks. It's like you know one in. Uh, I don't think it's quite as high as a million, but it's 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 really high, or sorry, it's really low. What the what the potential for um, adverse reactions are now. So the the like setting up that fund in my mind wasn't because they were like, yeah, they know there's problems. No, setting up that fund was, hey, you know, people are worried about this, and here's something that we're going to put together and say, if this happens to you, we're going to take care of you. Right? That's that's what that was all about. So, I mean, yeah, using that as justification for vaccine injury and yes what Betty was saying is something that I that I did hear during the pandemic um the the great conspiracy is that that those of us who had the vaccine well we we have three years to live okay so if we if we had the vaccine in 2021 then 2024 we will all start dropping like flies um because you've got to give it enough time but you can't be proven wrong right away it's like it's a fester a bit has to has to grow and, and really bring in the fear. Is there like a but glowing yeah, jewel that's going to appear in my hand or something? Because yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a Logan's run. Uh, yeah, so it's three years. Yeah, three years. Three years uh, is what they gave us. So this is so it's not new. This this part of it isn't new. Um, that that documentary, like wow, I haven't watched it. I don't think I'll ever be able to bring myself to watch it. I I can read something that's kind of out there 
but you know, in the first paragraph, if I see two or three things that I'm just like, this is too much already. So I, I don't think I'll ever be able to watch the, the documentary, but I have been keeping up with the, with, with the uh, fact checking. That's been, that's been great. So, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like Smith, Smith offering, you know, tell me more about this, this thing that I know nothing about. Um, which actually reminds me a lot of Kenny when he used to say, oh, yeah, I haven't read that. I have no idea what that's about. But, but you know, I'm sure that the people in, who need to are, are doing something about it, um, which always struck me as, as not likely. And I'm sure Daniel Smith has probably seen it. But, again, if it's new Daniel Smith, new uh, premier, you know, she might try to distance herself a little bit, but she is still going to offer that space and that time and that attention to people who want to talk about it. Sir Biggs, one of the big words, <laughs> one of the big phrases, the terms that we hear used so often is the importance of message discipline. I guess the question that I have is, which, which Danielle Smith is the disciplined one? Is it the one who read off of the script on Wednesday, who uh, all of us said, hey, she actually did really, really good? Or is it the one who we saw heard on your province, your premier, whether you want her or not, apparently. Um, Should I flip a coin? <laughs> Danielle on script, that premier needs to be in the very, very controlled environment to avoid any gaffes. So this week, I sent a lot of feedback on the Twitterverse saying that, you know, Deirdre and I totally trashed the NDP for 45 minutes. And we were solely talking about messaging and how messaging was conveyed. Now, yesterday was a very good example when messaging goes off the rail because your premiere is not on script. It was terrible yesterday. I When I called you earlier this afternoon, I was like, wait, that's still a thing. So I found it. And Did you know about the secret <laughs> nuclear reactor? She... <laughs> it's probably my basement. <laughs> I just didn't tell anyone yet. <laughs> no, it's probably at the chicken on the way basement. That's where the nuclear reactor is. <laughs> we need to be but... careful about making jokes about what's being hidden in the basement with some of the the, <laughs> right? the, the rhetoric that's being thrown, I feel like. <laughs> There's nothing in my basement. You can come and check. There's nothing. There's a bar and a foosball table. But no, seriously, um, when Miss Smith is on script and she is um, she is scripted in a controlled environment, she's not steering off what she's supposed to communicate. She's fine. When a lot of people with divergent opinions are calling in, and she's also, I feel like she she's trying to be a people pleaser. So she's not, you know, she's trying to be a good listener, but she's trying to be a good people pleaser at the same time. And she doesn't want to get into a fight. But um, we need to stop. Like, it it it's gonna end, man. It's, so, so you know, well, it's gonna give up pull for the NDP, but if they can use it, here's here's well, we're gonna get to that in a sec. That's a beautiful pivot that you just handed me there. Um, but 
you know, I, I, I can't, I find myself, I can't help but wonder, you know, it, it's pretty clear that when Daniel Smith is speaking, I don't know, candidly, that she has some controversial viewpoints that she feels like that they're, they're, that are worth sharing. Um, and she feels like she, you know, as, as you said, she does the people pleasing and she does the, the enabling and all of the, Oh yeah, no, no, that's definitely, yeah, no, for sure. Um, that seems to be part of her, her wheelhouse. Is it possible? I mean, the only time that we've seen a Daniel Smith that didn't go into those weeds was on Wednesday last week. Every other time, even at the UCP leadership race, you could tell that there was like a poor teleprompter person who was like, ah, crap, I got to hit pause because she went off on a tangent. Um, the It seemed like the stakes of that address on Wednesday were high enough that she decided to be a good poodle. But the rest of the time she doesn't. Is, do you think she's even capable of staying on message? She can. She is. She's capable. But <laughs> she is capable. She can one hundred percent. Why doesn't she? But you got to make sure that Nate <laughs> <laughs> still <laughs> making this on camera just makes it so much worse. Uh... <laughs> when there's. When there's people that are telling you, no, you cannot say that because 75% of the province does not think like you and you need to appeal to everyone in a controlled environment, Danielle is doing fine. When it's Danielle from High River that is talking about the great 2013 gun grab, it's different. Okay. Well, so this 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 tees up the next question because I remember thinking, and, and I think we talked about this on Wednesday, the the idea of, um, you know, maybe she has changed the channel, maybe she has, you know, with her with yeah. her apology and her, uh, hey guys, that was just my talk show host days. We were all crazy in college. Um, it, I thought maybe she had changed the channel away from that, but it seems like yesterday she was like, no, no, I really liked that first show and changed the channel back. That kind of ruins the, the reset, the, that she did the, the, the great reset that she did perhaps. <laughs> um, but the, the, the question is, that seems like something that the NDP and the their team would 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 want to jump on. But today the messaging that we saw from the NDP was the, the price of margarine. Deirdre, what am I missing here? Because I boy, let me tell you that when that tweet went up, there were some people who had some very strong opinions about hey, you should not be saying that the NDP shouldn't be talking about margarine right now. Um I don't know. I feel like maybe the healthcare crisis or the, the, the pediatric health emergency or the, the, the premier who says words are all are calling. For yeah. Um, but, but Deirdre, <laughs> what, what am I missing? Okay, so, <laughs> so um, for whatever reason, the brain trust 
that is running strategy for the NDP is like, we need to be able to better reach conservatives and conservatives are really concerned about cost of living. And they're really concerned about the, uh, you know, uh, affordability. And so we're going to talk about affordability and we're going to talk about uh, the cost of living. However, when the NDP starts talking about investigating the prices that are being, that, you know, in the grocery stores, what people hear is not, we care about how much it costs, right? What people hear is, what are they going to do? How are they going to take over the stores? How are they going to force the stores? Like, are they going to do price fixing? Are they, like, because that's, that's the, that's the fear mongering, that's, that's what, what people think. The NDP has a very strong uh, platform for public services. The healthcare, the whole healthcare thing, the whole education thing that they can be focused on that is right in their wheelhouse that Albertans are saying, we really care about this. Um, affordability, yes, you know what? It is an issue. So stick to the things that the NDP did, like insurance caps and electricity rate caps. Stick to the things that they did and don't don't allow the UCP to go. The NDP is going to nationalize freaking law laws. Okay, like, just, like, why are you opening yourselves up to this? And oh, rant. <laughs> Sarah. What what do you think about this? I mean, like it's it's when I saw that I I, I mean, Deirdre got to where where my head got pretty quick in that idea of like okay, so we're going to, we're doing bread lines now. Is that what we're doing? Um, yeah, which is 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 not the the great given how often people like to be the NDP communist slash socialist menace rana 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 leaning into we're going to control the price of food is maybe not the best. Let me have a candy for that one. So, <laughs> here's the thing. The first thing, and I'm more conservative than I'm on the left. I'm a fiscal conservative, but I'm very, very pro everything else. So, the first thing that came to my mind is, oh, no, 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 no. You can't question why corporation is making X amount of profits. As a government, the last thing you want to do is ask, hmm, I'm wondering why Lobo is making too much money and we got to put a stop to this, friends. Right? Not how That's what you hear. <laughs> Not how it freaking works. Because 70% of the province will be like, well, fuck, they're trying to reach out in Lobo's pockets. But Loblaws is no frills. Loblaws, Superstore, Hope Renfrew, Joe Fresh, and a lot of other companies. It's a big, big, big corporation. So at the end of the day, I think that they need to switch their messaging. And yes, everything has increased because, you know, canola oil, a bushel of canola, uh, canola a while ago was like, 550 bucks and shut it up right up to 850. Why? Ukraine. Everything is up. There's a drought in California right now. Vegetables are going to be extremely expensive. So us, as Albertans, 
what should we say? Well, let's explore more hydroponic culture in the province because we could do it. Let's explore greenhouses because we can do it. Let's try to be more sufficient on the agriculture level so we are not impacted too much by the swings, the high and lows of inter international food prices. That's what we should be saying, really. And then at the same time, <laughs> hey, nice thing to do. You're turning off your carbon footprint because you're not importing your avocados from Mexico or California or Peru or your peppers are grown in Leduc, you know, like the potatoes in Ludbridge, like the tomatoes, like less we have great other company lettuce that we have that are you know, providing to uh, Costco and everybody else. So instead of being like, we're going to be launching an investigation. It's going to cost a lot of money. We're going to be spending a lot of time for, for what to say. Maybe, maybe Mr. Mr. Uh, what's his name? Weston, you spent, you know, you, you took in maybe a little too much profit. We don't like rich people. Well, no, be innovative. Try to find a goddamn solution for once. Sorry, we ran over. I'm gonna I, love, I, I love the cadence that you had going down on that one. But it's it, it does raise an interesting question because the I mean we do live by and large in many ways in a free market economy. There are checks and balances on it for sure. There are regulations for sure. As most people argue, there should be. We shouldn't be able to sell t-shirts soaked in, I don't know, lead. That's a bad idea, even if you can get them cheap. Those regulations are important. But when you're talking about, I mean, when you when you look at the major companies and and using Loblaws as an example, are are they making record profits? For sure, are they making those record profits because they did an exceptional job of squeezing out all of the mom and pop shops by offering lower prices on just about everything for an extended period of time that everybody went and did go buy stuff from in part. Yup. So there's there's but many. They, it's a double standard. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not. They are not going after the oil and gas company to be like, oh, my, oh, my. Why did you cash in $12 billion in the last quarter? Why is your shareholder price increased? Why do you have a whole lot of buybacks? And why your dividends $2 a share? They're not going after the oil and gas companies. You're trying to make a change. Bring real policies to the table. Stop going after the company because they're making money. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> Spicy Sarah tonight. I dig it. <laughs> but it's it, it it is you know the you you raise a very good point in that you know I I'm trying to think of any recent examples where I've heard anybody in the NDP say you know our star is a terrible idea it's a scam why are we pursuing it um, that to me I mean if we're Here's here's what I'm trying to get at, and this is what I want to hear from both of you. And I used this line with you earlier, Deirdre. I'm going to use it again. But why is it that the NDP seems to be going after all of the expensive produce when there's low-hanging fruit they could get for cheap? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, okay. So one, so I guess one other thing that I have to say about the the brain trust that's doing NDP strategy is that the things that they think they are going to get attacked by conservatives for are not the things that conservatives are going to attack them for. Okay, so there's, so there's this, um, and, and this should be 
this should be pretty obvious actually, but you know how when you're listening to a conservative say, well, this is what the left thinks and you can listen to it and go, wow, is that ever off? Well, the same when the NDP is sitting or when, yeah, when the NDP is sitting and saying, well, this is what the right is going to do to us or is after or whatever. And you're like, no. Um, <laughs> so, so there's this great disconnect between we think you are the most awful beings and you will attack us on this. Uh, but, but that's, that's not, it's, it's just not the high, it's not the, the high priority for either side. So, uh, so the low hanging fruit, I mean, like, like I said, where is your strength as an NDP party, you, or, uh, as an MD party, <laughs> As an ND party, your strength lies in provision of public services. You can talk about your record of being fiscally responsible, fiscally prudent. You know, they were. They were one of the most fiscally conservative governments that Alberta had had in decades. <laughs> well, they can own health care right now. They could. Exactly. Like, they, they, they're... They don't even have to hit the low-hanging fruit because they could just sit back and go, this is what we have done. You know that you can trust the NDP with your health care. You know you can trust us with your education and ensuring that it is delivered uh, you know, to everyone, that everyone has access. The low-hanging fruit of, of what the Conservatives are doing you know, look back to Jason Kenney in 2017 and 2018, right up until the election. He set the narrative even then, and the governing party was on the defensive. Stop being on the defensive. You actually need to act like you're ready to form government. So stop responding to what they're doing and start telling us about your strengths and working on your own, or sorry, and, and, and pushing your own record and using that as a platform for what you're going to do in the future. Sarah? That's the lowest hanging fruit. <laughs> like, don't go see this as an NDP bashing, okay? We're offering free professional consulting here. We're really trying to say, look, guys, this is not working. This is not the way you should be going. Do better. Do better. <laughs> do better because... You need to do better because the province needs you to do better. And I yeah. think that's, sorry, my cat is trying to bite my foot. So <laughs> his name is Lord Fluffington, the joys of life. So, I'm so glad we're doing video. <laughs> Lord Fluffington is messing with the show and I love it. But here's the thing. Simple is better, less is more. A video of two MLAs making $130,000 a year saying that margin went up by 40% will not have the same impact as clear, straightforward messaging. It will not. It's low tone deaf. I understand where they come from. But right now, again, it's only on Twitter. Oh, I don't see them on Facebook. I guess they're not targeting me these days for their, their, you know, their geo. But less is more. Simple is better. Keep with 
they need to keep with their strength and what they can hit home runs with. Not trying to branch out and come up with some fancy investigation on why a corporation is making too much money according to them. Like, guys, scrap the messaging. Start from scratch, please. Please, please, please. Well, this is, and this is, you know, you raised in there a little bit of an interesting point that I want to highlight, Sarah, about the the fact that this is not, as much as I have been told a, a lot today, that uh, the, the NDP bashing is unacceptable. Um, this isn't NDP bashing. That's not what this is at all. This is, and I want to be really clear, the breakdown is not on anybody's team. We're not in anybody's pocket with there's there's no like oh well you're with that political party so i guess we'll just like yeah like <laughs> again the choice of video but um you know there's nobody gets a pass that's always been the rule here and so if the ndp is coming into this incredibly important election with messaging that is you know maybe resonates a little bit with their core base but for all of the people who are looking for a political home or uh, that kind of stuff, it's got to be more than just, oh, the margin, guys. Like, that's just, it's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. Not, no. My no. <laughs> Think of yeah, a margin. Isn't there? Who's the, who is the king? Who was the, uh, who was that, that, that imperial, imperial? Yeah, the imperial. Butter? The, the, the margarine? Yeah, 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 and and used to appear and stuff uh, like that. That's where you're going if you're gonna make margarine your centerpiece. Okay, no, I use best-seller olive oil. <laughs> but it's it's but, but yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to to sort of highlight that that it's not. You know, it's not about, hey, we're going to dunk on the NDP because, boy, we hate the NDP. No. Because if you have not been paying attention to what the, the breakdown has been doing with Daniel Smith, I don't know what to tell you, man. We have not been <laughs> But, you know, and I- there's a freaking trailer at, Albert, at the Children's Hospital right now in Calgary because, you know, well, that's okay. RSV and COVID are just going to rip through. There's zero ventilation, that goddamn trailer. That's one. Two, all the unions, healthcare unions met in the past few days to put on contingency plans if shit hits the fan. That should be what we are addressing right now because God forbid if my two-year-old daughter needs to go to the hospital this week, I'm dreading it. Take what is easy to get. Take what is easy to spin. Don't start meddling in financial statements. Enough, right? I just got to take a sec to, because I can see the comments that are coming in on here, which is a, a fun little part. That's what I wanted to be but <laughs> there's, there's a comment on here that I, I have to share because I can't believe I missed this joke. <laughs> Air, Mitch, Air Mitch one says they need to do butter. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They started with uh, agreed, come on, not we do better. And then... <laughs> And then it kind of sat for a second. They need to do butter. <laughs> now we're on the, the butter the butter versus margarine debate. This is where this goes, NDP. If you want to spend all your time arguing about what's better, butter or margarine, this is where it goes. Can we please talk about healthcare and education? Butter. I like yeah. grass-fed butter, but, you know. I'm, I, also, I'm, I also wanted to give a shout-out to Angie because 
um, what where I was going with that I'm not sure if I actually finished that, but Angie did it for me. Uh, R Star, if the I think one of the reasons why they haven't um, jumped on it, and even though they should, but uh, Angie said if the NDP went after oil and gas, there would be exploded heads and the permanent smell of burnt hair in the air. <laughs> and like that's and that's exactly kind of what I was thinking when I originally when when I when I was responding to that because we were talking about oil and gas, and that would just be a natural that would be a natural uh, response from conservatives, right? But I mean, I feel so, like if you're going to go after a corporation going after them for being successful, which is in effect what it is. When a corporation makes money, they're doing what they're supposed to do. If you're surprised by that, I've got some really bad news for you. But that's what corporations are supposed to do. That's why they protect their own interests. But if you're going to go after a corporation for something, maybe it's not they're making money. Maybe it's they're not following through on their responsibilities to Albertans and they're causing chronic health issues for people. They're causing yeah. environmental damage for people. They are writing checks that generations are going to be spent paying off the interest on because they didn't follow through on their responsibilities. Why, right. why is that not the thing? Why is it but the margarine? But, you know, if I want to get metal into, like, businesses and all that, my dudes, let's start something like Hydro-Quebec and let's nationalize the electrical grid. Why not do that? That would be meaningful. <laughs> that would be useful. Let's look into hydro and small nuclear reactors. Like, let's do something constructive here instead of trying to go after whale and gaze. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Deirdre I'm going I'm to throw it out to the, the Twitter spaces One of the things that I was hoping to be able to test tonight Is uh, <laughs> is is whether or not I can get audio on from the Twitter spaces Onto the, the video So if there's anybody oh, sure. who would like to Like to, to tell us to stop talking about margin Or anything I mean that check's got to be in the mail But um, <laughs> if there's anybody who'd like to say something On the Twitter spaces I'd love to know if I'm able to get the audio Piloting through here Because it is the very very first run um, But uh, while we wait for, for, for a brave soul to raise their hand, Deirdre, anything, it's been a couple of weeks because we've been so ranty, uh, <laughs> since we've done the federal file. So what's, what's uh -oh. going on with the feds? Anything exciting happen in federal politics? This week? Yeah. Sarah just checked I mean, out. Anything at all? <laughs> <laughs> There's, uh, I'm going for a coffee. <laughs> There's, uh, so, so the, the emergencies. Uh, inquiry or the inquiry into the emergency act has has been ongoing now for what are we on we're on day 28 or something like that like it's it's actually been going on for quite a while uh but trudeau was as we alluded to earlier <laughs> trudeau uh spoke did his testimony and um i i didn't see it actually because i was uh I was I was doing a thing with the University of Lethbridge for that, or sorry, on on, on media and democracy, and so that was great. But uh, it, it started, and I was trying to trying to catch up to it, and I, I couldn't. But um, you know, this is this is something that has been it's been ongoing. I mean, it, it is like I like I said in the beginning. This is just this this massive. Um, 
you know, reality version of the movie Vantage Point. And I think it's, I think it's fantastic that, that we get to see all of this, but, you know, the, the, the inquiry is actually tasked with trying to, to weigh the rights and responsibilities of each side. Now, I know where I think it should go, but I, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll wait and see what they say before I start complaining about it. Um, like, it, 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 is, it is still ongoing. I honestly don't know when we're going to get an answer because they have so much testimony to go through. And it has been pretty constant. Uh, so that's, that's one thing, like I said, still ongoing. And, and they do, they do put the testimonies live, as I'm sure that you may have seen some of the clips on Twitter, the, the good ones. Um, but other than that, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was, uh, it was, it was started by a tweet from the Beaverton. And it was, the Beaverton, like, brings the news. Uh, so it said, editorial, I'm a true Canadian patriot, and that's why I'm supporting Chinese dictator, dictator Xi Jinping in his dispute with Justin Trudeau. Um, that has been kind of this, this again, this, this vantage point of conservatives saying things like, uh, you know, Trudeau got his ass handed to him and all of this. And, and the other side saying, um, no, Trudeau stood up for the fact that we are transparent, right? There wasn't leaked conversation. It was Trudeau saying, I had this conversation because that's how we do it here. <laughs> like, that's, we, that's, how, that's how our government is supposed to work. And so, I mean, really interesting, really interesting conversation going on over that as well. And, and yeah, it's, um, I like the way that the Beaverton put it. Right. <laughs> if you're a if you're a true Canadian patriot, I, I get I hate to break it to you, but you can't support the other guy, even if you really don't like Trudeau. That's just not how it works. If you're if you're a Flames fan, then you don't suddenly show up and start cheering for the Oilers. It just doesn't happen. Right? Well, it, it does as so soon as the Flames get kicked out of the playoffs. Yeah, but it's yeah, but it's it's not it's it's only a little. It's, a, it's less cheering and more just. Okay, Canadian. All right. Yeah, it's not real cheering. I, I, I would like to salute <laughs> to those perfect trolling Friday morning of doing almost 45 minutes of testimony in French. That was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, and Trudeau's not speaking in French, so no one can understand him. It's like, oh. And, and all oh. those numpties. Thanks, Jay, for the term. The Nazis are complaining that, you know, well, we can understand you speaking French. Do you, do you remember, Sarah, do you remember this happened, like, I think the week before when when uh, Miller... That was three weeks ago when... Um, <laughs> three weeks ago when he was like... Like, yeah, when he was like, okay, I guess maybe if we can, like, have it, uh, can we have it translated for him? Because obviously he can't understand me. He's responding in French. And then he turned around and was like, yeah, okay. And basically he responded in English after. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, I, I, I believe he's a Quebec the, MP, and that's why he was speaking in French. <laughs> he is. But that, in a nutshell, what we've seen, English versus French versus, <laughs> is the perfect nutshell of living in the national capital region. 
Uh, never and, and, and what and viewing it from Alberta because man <laughs> yes no, they send was, no accent <laughs> I loved it I was like oh this is but you know what good for Trudeau you know it's his first language why not if he's yeah. more comfortable answering complicated question in French but, if, but they go back and forth like they haven't they been going back and forth? I mean, the prime minister usually does, right? Jason Kenny yeah. even did it just to show off the fact that he could, right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, there was no reason for Kenny to go back abortion. and forth between French and English. <laughs> that's how we got him on abortion last spring. It was in French because we knew Madhu couldn't speak English. <laughs> Do you remember, Deirdre? You were no there. wait, Madhu couldn't speak French. So that is the CBC okay reporter. Anyway. The CBC reporter asked Premier Kenny yeah. in French if Bill 17 would be inclusive of abortion. That was sweet, but and you know sometimes it serves its purpose, and it served it well. Like those guys on the other side, like the other many, and I'm not going to name because they're not my friends. Um, they really lit their hair on fire for two hours. They totally lost it. And it was hilarious yeah. to watch. It was yeah. so... Uh, it was a, it's it's it a was full outrage. The outrage du jour, however we want to call it. I mean, you just yeah. see these things kind of coming out of, of uh, I guess, right field. Um, and, then, <laughs> just like, and then you have the uh, French Canadian going on the English CBC to comment about the inquiry. Like, I mean... <laughs> There we go. I wanna, I wanna ask a, uh, two more questions, uh, and then we're we're coming up to our our hour and a half hard line. Um, Candy, I, I'm good, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm trying to watch my figure. Um, but uh, to to each of you, and I'll I'll let you you fight over who goes first. Um, what garbage documentary is Danielle Smith going to prop up next? Because there's been a few. I don't think it's been released yet. I don't think it's been released yet. I expect it will be something uh, that that shows up within the next within the next year. Because right now, I'm thinking she's still going to be premiere in the next year. Hmm. So, which, as a follow up for you, then, Deirdre, which one of her staff and or elected officials will be part of the making of that documentary? <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, they'll come in for cameos. Because um, <laughs> why not? Yeah, I, I, I do. I do fear that this level of uh, professionalism that we, you know, got a glimpse of potential from our premier, um, could very well be short-lived if 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 they are successful in winning the next election. Sarah. Uh, it's going to be something about China because, you know, there's a lot of uh, protests over there right now and everybody's asking why, you know. Oh, COVID-0. They the, yeah, they're comparing the people contest, um, you know, protesting about the Chinese policies to, like, the Freedom Convoy. Um, hey, they found their match. So, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be something about that, how fuck there were too many people in china and they tried to bioengineer something to 
I don't know. Okay, no, that's, that's fair. And and which yeah. which 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 is it going to be a staffer or an elected official that's going to be appearing in that documentary? Oh, none. No, none. No, 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 no. Kian Bexty. See, I was I was trying <laughs> to decide whether or not to make that joke. It was in the back of my head because the because hey, I can do it. That's fine. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> man that picture this week. I just that was not a good. <laughs> Again, look at my pinned tweet, the most amazing comment in response to a stupid thing that Keen Bexy said. Just chef kiss. We're going to have to look that up. <laughs> All right. I'm going now. Go to the, the last rounds here. Uh, Deirdre, anything that you think people should be looking at? Anything people should be paying particularly attention, particular attention to for the next uh, three days before we do our next show? Because that's the pace that we live at now. God help us all. <laughs> I'm going to pass that straight to Sarah because Sarah has the thing we will all be watching. And Sarah's going to be there. I've got a big week this week. Like, What's, it's, what's going me, on? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently I've been invited to the throne speech. It said that the premier, hold on, how did they say that in the invitation? And I really don't want my invitation revoked. I'm really thankful for that. But it says that the premier and the government of Alberta request the pleasure of your company. I don't think she knows I'm coming, but that's okay. We actually can <laughs> say hi to each other. Um, and then there's the press gallery thing this week. And then there's a, oh yeah, dear Jen, I need to talk to you about that. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the, the throne speech is really going to give us the direction of the government for the next five, six months. And it's not going to go further than that. Fair enough. Because. No. Because I got it confirmed. That. It's going to be a go for me. Okay. Yep. There we go. Like now for, for our audience here, that's a, that's a pretty big fireball. I mean, just threw into the middle of conversation. So I just, I'm going to do the, the closed loop communication <laughs> thing. And uh, no, 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 you're not going to get sued. That's, that's, that's what I do. Um, but, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're saying you have it confirmed that there will be an election in May of 2023. <laughs> apparently, apparently that's, 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 that's what they're looking at right now. Well, that should put some, some hearts and minds probably at significant ease. And I imagine some other people who maybe, I don't know, work in the comms department for the NDP at significant well, anxiety. Well, here, here let, let, me, let me help you with that. It's going to be May, 2024. See, cause okay. now they're going to make me right <laughs> or they're going to make you wrong. I think we know which way that pendulum swings. <laughs> but no, it's going to be, we're going to see what's going to happen. We're going to have a lot of clarity on education. Um, the school boards association rejected the voucher system at 98% last week. Right when uh, Minister LaGrange paid them a visit. That that was good timing. Um, mm -hmm. So no, it's going to be very interesting to see. It's going to be a busy week. And then we're going to be seeing, probably I'm expecting either 
Tuesday afternoon or maybe Wednesday, the uh, Alberta Sovereignty Act in the United or whatever confederation is going to be out. All the flavor, none of the calories. It's it's diet. <sighs> it's like diet, my uh, diet. <laughs> But so we'll see if it's going to come out this week, but I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to try to put my hand on the hand so I can have the full law in front of me. Because just just for remember, oh, yeah. you know, when Bill 81 passed, so Bill 81 is this thick. And usually a regular What's that? Which one was 81 again? It's the Election Statutes Amendment Act that they passed at yes. 2 o'clock in the morning last year. That's... I'm like, that's I know I know this and it was important. What <laughs> Help me out. Usually a, usually a bill, guys... Here. Usually a bill is this thick. Yeah, they're usually so pretty... At like, what? A quarter of an inch compared to three, four inches? It's like an Archie comic versus oh, no, War and Peace. That one's three quarter of it. That one has. Let me tell you how many pages that one has. I have a lot of notes in it because I need to know it by heart. That one has 159 pages. There yeah. we go. That's, That's a big a bill. It's a big, a big bill. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how big they're going to be coming out with the. And whether the Sovereignty Act stands alone or if it is... Oh, it'll stand alone. She said it's going to be Bill 1. It's like the healthcare reform is going to be compliant with the Canada Healthcare Act. We'll see. Come on. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. And I know that we're going to have... uh, I'm hoping that they they drop the first draft on Wednesday so that we can have a spirited and robust conversation. Um, Should be good times. Sarah, I wish I had been thinking a little bit farther ahead because I would have had you take a, uh, a breakdown shirt up there to give to Mr. Kenny as a parting gift, but uh, I wasn't on the ball on that one. Jason, last time Jason saw me that well. Just send it straight over to the constituency office, Nate. Oh, there we go. Yeah, well, no, Jason, last time he saw me, he was like, he ended up the conversation pretty quick. Oh, dear. Because he realized I changed my name and it didn't make the click. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and clear the room, but watch. for. I mean, the people on the, the Twitter machine can't see this, um, but for, uh, for everybody on video, are you ready? Boom. Check that out. <laughs> so I want to say a big thank you to a little anticlimactic. I want to say a big thank you to everybody who has listened to the show tonight, whether you've been listening on the Twitter spaces, whether you've been watching on YouTube or Facebook, we've been getting some fantastic comments coming in through YouTube and Facebook, which is great because it means that the, the, the hours I spent banging my head into a wall, trying to get this video thing to work is, uh, is worth it. But I want to make sure that we get uh, we get now that we've got Deirdre and and Sarah on the on the video. I want to get them some some nice microphones, maybe. So one of the best ways that you can help make that happen is by supporting us at our Patreon page at www.patreon.com/slash/thebreakdownab, where for the price of a fancy muffin. Not a broken in half muffin, a full muffin. You can uh, you can sign up and help us to uh, get them the microphones that uh, that they 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 deserve those microphones. 
Um, so you can do that through our Patreon page. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, if you wanted to leave a, a rating, perhaps a review, that would be, be delightful. Um, and yeah, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody, everybody for their support. I also want to say a big thank you in particular. I know that there are quite a few people who uh, hopped on the uh, Theo Fleury being a horrid human being towards Sarah uh, from the breakdown audience. <laughs> I love to see it. It's, 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 you know what the world needs is less bullies. I mean, we can have disagreeing conversations. We can have uh, differences of opinion, but if you can't not be a dick, then you maybe shouldn't be in the conversation. You can be, you can disagree with, without being disagreeable. That's a nicer way to say as, it. I mean, as would Spencer Bennett say, Oh, we can disagree without being dis disagreeable. That's what Spencer says a lot. Just saying. Well, irony's fun, but um... I don't know. <laughs> I'm just quoting. Deirdre, any last words before we go? Mm, last words. Last words. Um, let's go with uh, you know uh, tomorrow's another day, and uh, whatever that holds, uh, there'll be another day after that. Hopefully. Sarah? You're welcome. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be live from Edmonton on Wednesday night. Oh, no! I'm supposed to have a Daniel Smith fundraiser. On Wednesday night? Yeah. Oh, dear. Let me see what I'm... I, I don't know. I haven't fixed all my schedule yet. But, you know, I kind of want to go because I'm... You know. Big deal. It's, well, if, if, it's a thing, if but... Deirdre and I have to hold the fort down, I'm... I, Deirdre, you might be stuck with just me. Maybe I'm just going to tune in live with the premiere. Who knows? Um, I, I, I don't think I want Daniel Smith on the show. I don't think. Because here's the thing. And I said this. I, this is going to be my last thought. But I said this before. I am happy to have conversations with anyone on the show. I'm happy to do interviews with anyone on the show. <laughs> but if it's just going to be you being disingenuous and lying for the entire in the the entirety of the interaction i don't want to do that that's boring it doesn't accomplish anything it doesn't move the conversation for it if 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 you're going to just show up and be fake and lie then i don't want to have that conversation and i have very little faith particularly after yesterday that daniel smith would be able to have a sincere conversation on the breakdown so there's an interesting comment on the chat right now that i'm sorry the the missed the first hour yeah it's okay. You can rewind. There's a little scroll ball at the bottom on the bottom. Um, I want to say again, huge thank you to everybody, especially for working with all of the, the technical fun that we've had tonight because it's our first video show. We're only going to get better. So thank you, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Be kind. Don't write horrid words on the Twitter machine and keep the conversation going. Hey.